Thank you for listening to the Maker in the Mix podcast, where we discuss design, innovation, and all things concrete. We, uh, we started putting, it's, it's funny, next to our coffee machine yesterday, appeared a brand new, uh, a brand new thing of pumpkin pie spice. And uh, that's Lauren's thing in the, in the, in the like fall and winter, she, she's like, I want you to sprinkle some pie spice in the grounds before you brew the coffee. And so this morning I, I did it, of course. And then, uh, cause I, you know, saw the little thing and she was like, did you, did you put it in? I was like, it is that time of year. <laughs> so we have a little pumpkin spice, pumpkin spice coffee with, with no extra sugar. Cool. So, um, well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to uh, episode 32 of The Maker and the Mix. Yeah, welcome back. Good morning. Um, we're back. We didn't, we're back. We didn't drop off the edge of the world. <laughs> uh, we uh, we well, were busy I mean, last week. I felt like we did a little bit because it, it was a busy but super fantastic and fun class. We had, yeah, gosh, well, 11 one, or 12, 11 or 12 students. Class. We had a full awesome. class. Of- um very talented people, very excited people. I mean, we had folks from uh, New York and Mexico and uh, where else? I mean, it, I, I'd need to look at the class list, but it was oh, all over. Um, yeah. And then uh, we're, I mean, we've only got like a couple spots left for December and they yeah. may get filled today, as it's, a matter of fact. It's going to be filled, if not um, today, then very, very shortly. So, yeah. So, you know. Look uh, forward just... to our um our spring schedule yeah, right? up, right? Because um, we're uh, we haven't quite finalized an exact date, which we need to nail down very soon. We'll be soon. doing that this week, I would think, won't we? Yeah, yeah, we have to. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, strike while the iron's hot, folks. Because that's uh, it. I mean, it's happening. And, and, and you know what we did, uh, which we're going to spend some time talking about this morning, and I'm really excited to kind of reveal that. Um, and I, in fact, while I'm introing this, I'm going to pull up uh, pull up my photos so that I can share my screen. But um, we, um, like I said, it was it was a full a full class. It was a ton of fun. We had uh, like twelve people, I think. Yeah, which was awesome. Um, and uh, we did a, a real project. Um, so that's something that that you may see more of. Um, you know. It was one of those things where I had uh, a client had reached out to me about a project and I was like, you know, there there are timelines involved. And I was like, look, you know, we've got we've got this course of extremely talented uh, folks. And, um, you know, would you client, you know, like to to be a participant in uh, the Concrete Countertop Institute and have your have your project done um, by students? And they were gung ho about it, loved the idea. Um, And so. uh, so we we made a client project. Uh, it was a it's a beautiful. But before you get into that, um, I want to say a couple things about that because yeah, the, the the fact that this was a a real genuine client project. Um, for years, I've kind of hesitated about doing things like that, be, or rather, me deciding that a client's project is going to be done by students and not by me, independent right. of students. Right, that decision is i don't think that's a very professional decision the way you approached it i think is incredibly good because the client had the say whether Mm -hmm. they wanted to have that done or not yeah and there was such a positive reaction by the students in this class to knowing that they are working on a real project and this is not just some small like little bathroom vanity or or whatever this was a 160 square foot project with three sinks Two days. Two days. <laughs> now it wasn't complete, but like you had pre-built the forms. I pre-built the forms. You, yeah. It took, it took you many days to build the forms because they were quite complex, very three-dimensional with five waterfall ends, um, integral sinks, very, very complex, very precise geometry. And of course, all we could do is cast, but we demolded the next day. Um, yeah. So. Don't want to steal yeah. too much of your thunder. No, but no, absolutely. I mean, it was, it was awesome. It was. Um, I'm trying to find where's the where's the share your screen button. Oh, there it Down is. Down in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah. next to leave. Don't hit that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not to. Yeah. Um, okay. Here we go. Are you going to show the uh, the drawing? 
first. Now I'm showing the molds. Oh, uh, the molds even more impressive. Yeah, there you go. All yeah. right, so that's only two of the pieces. Mm -hmm. There were so five total pieces. You can kind of see here, and I'll try to find some other angles as well, but you can kind of see right here, that has an additional eight inch, uh, that particular piece has an additional eight inch overhang. So we had a wall here, a wall here, a sink. This one's two levels. It dives down to here and comes up, has also a sink. So this is an espresso bar um, that we're, uh, that we did for uh, a client in, uh, in Miami, Florida. Mm -hmm. um, it's a, you know, client of mine, friend of mine, um, and they were really excited about it. And the way that we did it, um was a ton of fun uh jeff tell me about your first impression so I'll, I'll give you the uh i'll give you the rough overview of how the drawing we did it. first if yeah, you let me, can let me so it. so i'm gonna stop sharing and i'm gonna uh i'm gonna tell them what we did yeah um and then we, uh, we, the the class the, the the this was again to refresh folks this was um a two-day gfrc class so the focus of this class was working with the material working with this ultra high performance glass fiber reinforced concrete. And it was, it's not about how to make forms or make molds or do templating or seal Just anything or, because it's only two days. Right. And CCI has done these kind of classes a, a while ago. We've, we've done them for many years. Um, and so we kind of, we didn't do them for a while and then we brought it back. And this was sort of the debut of showing off the alpha pro admixture the brand new admixture as well as showing some students the alpha pro polymer um, because we actually did two projects this this big green coffee bar was not the only project we did believe it or not we did another project yeah and that was with cementol and so with cementol because csa cements don't react with poslins in a global manner they react for a very short amount of time in a rather That's insignificant just really way. too short to yeah you don't need, you don't, you shouldn't be using, or I don't want to say you shouldn't be using, but it's an unnecessary use of a mixture that has poslins in it to use it in a mixture that doesn't react with them. Mm -hmm. So we just used the, the straight alpha polymer. So I made the distinction. Um, we'll get into more into that, but we did two projects. So we were originally going to do um, some column wraps in the, in the classroom, um, and we we're going to do a direct cast of these things. And they were, the formwork was quite complex. And if you had seen any of the reels that Caleb posted a week or so ago, how he, he currently has like, what, 12 or 16 projects going on at the same time. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> some almost finished, some starting. And then this was kind of thrown in. Um, he's like, you know, uh, I have this other project that I think um, would be easier and uh, kind of kills two birds with one stone. It's a project the client's willing to do it. Let's do that instead. And uh, I had initially said, yeah, sure, enthusiastically, because of like all that, you know, I'm doing the CAD work on the, the formwork for the column wraps going, wow, this, this is a lot of formwork for you to do. Um, and so something simpler. So when simpler I had, is not what ended up happening for the record. It, it, yeah. And then when, when, yeah, I saw this image, um, I'm like, yeah, that's not too bad doesn't really have dimensions on it doesn't really show the layout other than what it what it so kind of yeah like. the differentiation here was really just to show the three different pieces right yeah so yeah um and okay cool it it's how many feet long 15 16 uh, feet a little long? over 15 yeah a little over 15 feet long so the the long section in, in this case in this particular view it's the one on the right mm -hmm. so there were three sections uh the left section that has the left waterfall end ends and, and the, the, the different color in the middle is just to indicate it, that that's a separate piece. Yeah, so here, I'll hide the structure. So those are go. the actual pieces. And so yeah. you've got, let's see. We'll hide. Ooh. There. there you so go. you've got this guy. Yep, that, that was, when we were done casting, that was one piece, but we didn't start casting it in one piece. Indeed. So that was, that was another surprise. And uh, moment of trepidation for me, but yeah, man, I mean, I did tell great. you, you did but, say that. yes, uh, but I think you know, and and this happens to me a lot, right? So when I'm I'm kind of conceptualizing a project, um, you know, it 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 doesn't hit until I start building it, right? So uh -huh. the magnitude of what you've bitten off, 
Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, now, I, I had a pretty good idea on this one because I had spent so much time conceptualizing um, trying to had, figure and out. And to be honest, you had done this kind of technique before. Yeah, I had. So, um, and this is something that I think, um, I know Martin Duckett does it on occasion, and I've seen other people do it. I've certainly done it. But um, basically what we did, and I had never done it quite this way because I went a little bit on the extra. Uh, Pull up for, that first photo for you, the form work. Yeah. you showed so people can fall. It, they can sing along with us. So yes. to speak. <laughs> um, actually, I'll do you one better. I'll pull up. Yeah, um, and, and the, that first photo was not even the two big ones. Those were the two small ones, the middle section, which you clearly couldn't see, and the, the end section that had the bar top overhang on it. That was only uh -huh. like uh, about five feet long ish. Uh -huh. Yeah. Right, so here we go. I've got a series of pictures and I need yeah. to upload them to our OneDrive so the cake and put them in the inspiration. So that's, yes. that's my next task. But um, all right. Screen, window, photos, share. All right. So um, this is, you can kind of see here, this looks very smooth as opposed to this, which looks very hand packed, right? So what we ended up doing. is we cast them like that so we put in um in the form work we had a return on a 45 degree angle return that i pulled before we essentially so we poured them and cast the the um so these were all direct cast yeah the waterfalls um so basically the the forms um were and i'll pull this picture up the forms were just had the end waterfalls established already. So those were those were built in place. And then the back waterfalls were built separately. Um, and we cast them, uh, cast everything that was going to marry together with 45 degree returns so that when we stood the pieces up, you had an angle and we could essentially pack GFRC in it, around it, pack them together and give a nice radius to bond everything together. Yeah. So and, and those those these were the big front waterfall panels that formed the front of the coffee bar. There were three mm -hmm. of them, and they were all done the same way. Mm -hmm. So they were all formed and cast flat. Yeah, so actually, right you here, can, you can here. see you can see the formwork right here. So this yep. is what we pulled off, and we we cast that. That was direct cast, as as Caleb mentioned, and those sat for what about four hours ish, four five three, hours anyway. At least three. So we kept testing. You can see our handprints in there. I'm pointing to them on my screen because you can't see my screen, of course. But right there, we 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 would test the inside to make sure that it was uh, not too loose, because that whole panel, exactly the way you see it there, was stood vertically. We kind of hinged it on the on the cart and just stood yeah. it vertically and then screwed it so into place. So we're handling a that that this particular piece that you're seeing is the big one that's um, just about seven foot long and it's one meter tall, so 39 inches tall. And it's three quarters of an inch thick. So that's a fairly weighty piece of concrete. Yeah, it was heavy. That it was, is it was still, still not. You still push yeah. your finger into it. And that stood vertically, married, you know, we married it to the form, other formwork that already had the concrete that had a matching 45 on it. All right, so the two 45s mitered together. And that panel, that vertical panel with that concrete had zero sag to it. Yeah, and and one thing, so we did this actually. Now that I'm, uh, we're kind of talking about the method. We did this in the Legends course. This was how Buddy had designed the um, the orange pieces. They kind of married together. However, the difference in that is that we didn't we didn't miter any of them, and so right. it was like we were using a tool to kind of screed it and get it sort of. And it, when you yeah. do that, they don't ever fit together quite right. So you have you know an eighth of an inch here, and it's yeah. You know, rough concrete here. pushing against rough concrete always leaves big voids. Yeah, and so I wanted to avoid that because you know I have tighter tolerances, and so <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's so, a different look too. I, I don't remember what this video is, but I'm going to press play and see what happens because um, this should give you a good kind of a you know idea. Um, and that's the other one that that was already so installed. We just stood that up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when we demolded it, it was perfectly straight there was no deformation or anything nice and yeah. square and tight yeah so you can kind of see here um how you know there's a wall here now but there wasn't at the time so we cast you know we hand packed this we poured this we hand packed this hand packed this and then we poured the back wall which is over here and then we stood it up at the end mm -hmm. um and so you know this was uh it went together really well yeah so you can see how how 
I mean, seamless that miter is. Yeah. Yeah, that was before we we packed in a fillet, but that was nice and tight. Yeah, we yeah we did. We filleted it. Or, or, uh, or I should say, guten tight. Guten tight. <laughs> guten tight. Yeah. So uh, we did. We packed in a fillet because um, you know you want to have that really good bond. This was technically fresh on fresh, so we had you know really nice bond. Um. So or pumpkins. Pumpkins. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's kind of an overview of. Um, of the the big project we did and then of course we did a lounge chair um yeah. and we used jeff's lounge mold this time mm-hmm. um because so, it was easier to get to yes it was sitting lower one mine mine's i could reach up it like wall, it was yeah. way up on the wall that so. you needed the forklift because we had what a pallet of cement a pallet of sand and a half a pallet of uh alpha pro admix in the way yeah so, there was stuff. um I had to move three bathtubs outside. I mean, it was, I, I think I posted on the Instagram story, but like my shop was a total disaster. Like well, you had that huge hood class. form that was eating up <laughs> yeah. like 60 something square feet of floor space. Yeah. It's yeah. enormous. It's a whole thing. So, I mean, just totally thrilled with um, certainly how the project came out and, you know, you don't do things like that with, without the confidence that you can pull it off, but it is nice to you know come out of it and and pull off something that that's that complex um what what really impressed me uh, you know of course seeing the the behavior of the the concrete and the complexity of formwork and how everything went together what really really impressed me was how enthusiastic and and involved every student was Mm -hmm. you know of course you have so many people, there's lots of stuff to do. Not everybody's got their hands in concrete 100% of the time. But, man, we could have done this without <clears throat> all these people. And, and certainly in demolding, as I mentioned, the majority of this was three quarters of an inch thick. And then all the the edges on the, the basically the server side, the non-patron side, was two inch thick edges. Mm-hmm. Um. We made sixteen hundred pounds of concrete in twelve batches. That's a lot of concrete. A lot of right? concrete. And we were just like, "Hey, weighing it." And this is a, with the with the exception of using the Alpha Pro Admix, which has polymer and pozzolans and defoamer already blended into it. This is a from scratch mix. So we had to weigh out the sand, the cement, uh, the pigments, which were a four color. That Which we, we matched that color the night before class, mind yeah, you. Yeah, that was a night before class. Another one, another one. Um, yeah, so it was a, a lot of work, but you know what? There was no rushing. Yeah, um, it honestly, time, everything we, we, we felt great. We want to do such and such by a certain time of day. Mm-hmm. And we nailed it to the minute. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, we said, okay, we got we to gotta start weighing by 10. We started weighing by, what, 9.45. Yep. Finished weighing, weighing in time for lunch. Got done with lunch. Uh, started casting, I think, at 12.30. Yep. And we were done at 5.25 or 5, right on 5.30. I mean, it was, yep. it was perfect. Um, could not have asked for any better. Um, you know, covered them with blankets and, and tarps and, you know, plastic and all that. And went to dinner. So, um, you know, just, a just real thrilled with how there were, all of it. There were together. quite a few people in class who had never, ever worked with concrete before. Yeah. There in was fact, one, one gentleman one who's in um, it or banking. Yeah. Um, um, and he's, oh, Jeb. So he's the Jeb. one. Yeah. Pull yeah. that out. Yeah. This I got so it. Cool. I prepared myself. So, um, the, this, this student Jeb who, you know, really had no background in concrete or even construction. He was in finance and he's in, he said, he's been listening to the podcast. Hey, Jeb, because <laughs> I know you're going to be listening to this one. Yeah. Um, he'd been listening to the podcast and that's kind of what inspired him to come to class. I'm sure there were other factors that, that inspired him too. And uh, at, during, you know, toward the end of uh, the second day, uh, he, as as we we're kind of wrapping things up, he he stepped, he pulled something out. And he said, "I want to give you something, uh, kind of a you've talked about it, heard you talking about." It, and, and what I'm saying is, he's heard me talk about this uh, designing. I can't, still can't Design do this. Design control of concrete, concrete mixture. So this one is the. 
Uh, it's 11th seven, edition, right? 15th edition. 15th edition. 15th edition. 11th is what you had in school. And then back there, somewhere in there, probably that one there, that sort of tannish peach color one, that's the 11th edition that I had in, in college. Um, but what he gave me was this little booklet. That is a and third this edition? Is an original, right? Third edition from 1929. I don't know if you can read that. It should come through in the recording. I can't read yeah. it now, but that's because we're streaming. So isn't this awesome? And it's in pristine condition. It's Dang like, whoop, there we go. Talking about all the old stuff. Let me, there we go. I like that. <laughs> I just need to bring this back. I gotta find that photo. There you go. Look at this. Check this out. Ah, it's so doing cool. A what is this? He's he's segregate a se separating aggregate. It might be hard to see, but he's wearing a suit and a fedora. I think we need to bring cool. that back. I think that's the new. Yeah. Uh, that's the new thing we need to be doing. You know. Yeah. There we go. I, I, that, I think we ought to. We ought to. Next class, Jeff. You're gonna bring your suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go get a concrete suit. There you go, concrete suit. Um, but yeah. You know, it even has the ASTM test, compression tests and stuff like that. But what's really funny about this is they talk about water cement ratio and and uh, they basically refer to gallons per sack of, of cement, which is, you know, a legitimate way. But they always refer to it as gallons of water per, you know, in, in your cement. Were they super uh, sacks? Like, what was the what was the a what sack is of cement is ninety four pounds. It's okay, your standard. So it's always been ninety four pounds, but always now been ninety four pounds. Isn't uh, isn't a bag of federal ninety two point six? Yeah, white cement is a little less dense than gray cement, and this is always with gray cement. But let me see if I can. Yeah, I don't know if you can read that here, but what oops, water cement ratios? Focus. It's in gallons. Not That's pounds. crazy. But yeah, so. and, and curiously enough. There's metric in here too, because when they they talk about temperature, they always give centigrade or Celsius as well as Fahrenheit. So it's not like you know this was only English units. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, but that was really cool. I just wanted to point that out, right? It yeah. many of the things like CCI is is based on fundamentals and principles of concrete. Not my opinion, not my experience, but real knowledge based on, you know, this is going on a hundred years old and a lot of this information is still a hundred percent relevant. Totally. So don't forget your roots. Yeah. Much of and what we do is based on principles learned and ensconced in industry practices for going on a century. Yeah. I, and, and this was, it's worth noting that this was my first uh, go at a two-day GFRC course. So I've had a lot of experience with the ultimate workshop, um, but this was my first go at a, at a two-day. And it was a total whirlwind, but, I mean, we, we did direct cast with some marbling. We did um, hand-packed hand up verticals. We did sprayed. Uh, sprayed and hand-packed with the lounger. Um, we did from scratch. We did bl uh, blended mix with with uh, cemental. I mean, so it was a, you know, I, I told the the attendees, the students, like when we were started talking about the project, I was like, y'all need to understand, like we're throwing you in the deep end, like really, yeah. really hard, and and they kept up, and it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was there so much fun, and these guys. You know, and girls. And it's funny. My mom actually was one of the one of the students, so that was fun. Um, she'd been wanting to come to one of the one of the, our uh, our workshops for a while, and uh, she was like a week before class. She was like, "Do you have any room?" I was like, "Yeah, I got I got a spot or two. She's like, "All right, I want to come." <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, they everybody just kept pace. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you ran a marathon without training. Man, it was great. Um, and well, no, uh, we're we know how to pace things we do and, and set it out and and we were the pace group you know we're the pace group but one of the things that's really important and and this is where this is what separates people who know how to make stuff versus know how to teach things um i never intended to be a teacher but i've been doing it for 20 years and i'm halfway decent at it is you're okay you know <laughs> 
first, before we ever got started, like we did introductions and things like that. But I said, look, I want to, I want to get you guys oriented. This is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. This is what we're doing. And kind of, and you do that picture. every time, actually. Yeah. That, that's a thing you do. Um, um, you know. Again, context is super important for me. If, if, if you don't know what the big picture is, you don't necessarily know why you're going a particular direction or what steps you're going to take. You have to have a big picture to be able to plan your route. Um, and coming in fresh, like Sam, they walk through the door and you hit the ground running. It, it's really disconcerting to not have any clue of where you're going. So I, I felt that it was important to give people some basic reference of, okay, this is what's going to be happening mm-hmm. and sort of the time frame. Now, w- once you actually, you know, put the gloves on quite literally and start diving in. It's easy to kind of forget yeah. what's going yeah. on, the big picture, but just to have that in the back of your mind is, you know, this is what's going to be happening and this is why we're going to have you do th- these things and whatnot. So at least it makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. Man, my glasses are hurting my ears with these headphones on. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it was really, you know, and, well, and Jeff and I had planned it out, you know, we yeah. had, we had sat down and said, okay, here's kind of the order of oper- operation, excuse me, this is how this has to kind of happen, uh, in order to pull it off. And, um, I, you know, and, and it's worth noting also that that color is money. It is so good. Yeah. It's this yeah. beautiful, I mean, y'all saw it, this beautiful sagey green. What, what reminded, what it reminded me of was school chalkboard green yeah it was a green chalkboard um but you could also call it like a um a twilight jade or something like that i mean Maybe it that's really what it has called. some jd qualities to it and there's a qr code in it that's true yeah, yeah. so i have a uh, i have a resin 3d printer and i printed a qr code um that takes you to a website um and uh, and it scans i i tested it yesterday Nice. Now I had tested it in a, in a I had several QR codes and I tested it in a sample to make sure it would scan, um, and then when we were I I did a, I used a spray adhesive to put it in the form because I didn't want to use anything thick because I didn't want it you know to disrupt the, and then as we were pouring it like popped loose and so I'm like oh my gosh and so the whole time we're casting that back panel I'm sitting there with my finger you know on the <laughs> QR code to make because it's a square so I had to make sure it stayed square. And, uh, and so we're casting and like, I was like, all right, guys, we got to fill this one up. Cause I got to stop putting my hand on this thing. Um, and so we got it, you know, got it full thickness and, and then I could let go of the, uh, let go of the QR code, but it yeah, is square. It yeah. It is square and it scans. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, you put, um, like gold pigment in it. I did. Like yeah. Powder. So it was a clear, a clear resin and I put gold, um, like uh, auto body paint flex. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like this kind of translucent shimmery. I mean, it looks like metal, honestly. Yeah. Um, I've got a picture of the, uh, of the test piece. I don't think I have a picture of the yeah. QR code, uh, embed. I just, I'm going to be printing some structural things for my, uh, flexural test machine. I just picked up, a, I just got a roll of, um, carbon fiber PETG. Oh, cool. Um, haven't even unpacked that yet. Um, I just got a filament dryer. It's coming today. Oh, cause you've got to keep that stuff dry. Got to keep it dry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and although PETG is a lot less absorbent than nylon, I still want good quality prints. So there you go. yeah. Check out. So that's, that was the concept. You that know, it the... looks fake. <laughs> I'm just going to say right there. It looks like you took a, a an image and like a, a drawing and, and it's superimposed it, but that's in the concrete. Yeah, it is. That's awesome. It, it, yeah, it really is. I, I don't have a, I, I don't have yeah. a picture. It does kind of look fake. It's pretty funny, but it's not. Um, so cool. Yeah, it was, a. Uh, it was just a, I mean, we could gush on and on about, um, about it because it was just a ton of fun. Um, well, it's always great to get, you know, new groups of people together. Um, Mm-hmm. We've got folks coming from all over the world for December. Uh, just yeah. spoke to a gentleman yesterday from Sweden. So I think he's hopefully going to pull the trigger today. Yeah, it's um, really fun to have international. Um, it is. Yeah. Classes. So, uh, well, and after, 
after class, um, you know, at, on Friday, my uh, my parents were like, hey, well, invite anybody who wants to. We'll have spaghetti at, at our house. And so unfortunately, a lot of people had to leave. But Juan, um, the gentleman from uh, from Mexico, joined Jeff and I and, and my parents and my grandmother uh, at the dinner table at mom and dad's house. And I mean, we, he brought this delightful bottle of mezcal. Um, and uh Super generous I mean, thank you it was, very much. it was just a yeah. it was a lovely a lovely evening um yeah. and again just getting to you know pardon the pardon the the chintzy phrase here but to break bread you know with um with folks from other cultures and uh just the opportunity to to get to know new people is is one of the things that i find the most joy you know joy bringing about what we're doing well, um, we'd like to do that, you know, in the ultimate class, we'll do that. We'll go out twice, one, one night or twice, twice with the students and, you know, basically just, okay, we, we're, we're past the intense teacher student learning. And now we're starting to build a relationship because that's what, and we, you've heard us say this before and, mm -hmm. you know, without harping on it, we're all about community. We're all yeah. about building connections and, and something long-term. It's, this is not a, Hey, we, we, we got your money now. Okay. You're done. Bye-bye. Uh, we want to, we want to maintain a, a close relationship. I, I still speak with students from years and years ago, occasionally, like, like, when did you come to class? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 13, yeah. 15 years ago kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the, it becomes collaborative and, you know, it's funny, you know, you can, you can say, oh, we, we build community by, you know, whatever the case may be. But I think, you know, genuinely, because Jeff, I felt this, you know, when I, when I attended Ultimate in 2013, you know, it's this genuine uh, interest in the success of the attendees of our of our mm -hmm. workshops, yeah. um, and so it's not just you know come and learn this cool technique and then move on and we never talk to you again. As buy our materials, you know, it's like whatever. But to us, you know, of course we're going to use our materials in class. But the the real bones of it. I mean, I heard Jeff say, "Gosh, five, six, seven times." Um, you know, somebody would ask, is this like uh, for, for alpha? And he's like, no, this would work with any mix. Um, and I think that is where, you know, I, you know, find just a lot of the authenticity of, and, and certainly the reason that I was so excited to become a part of the, uh, you know, CCI team officially was the genuine, you know, genuine nature and the authenticity of the kind of mission that Jeff has, has been on for 20 years. It's like, we, we are so just interested in your success. Um, and however that comes, whatever works for you, you know, your clients are happy. You're mm -hmm. happy. We're happy, you know, and that's the thing that really drives me to want to be a better, um, you know, develop better and closer and, and, and more fruitful relationships in this, in this field. Right. There's, um, there's sort of, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a overused saying because maybe it's not something you hear all the time, but actions speak louder than words. Sure. Um, you, especially nowadays when the main source of communication for a lot of people is social media. They learn through it. They rely on it for people to think for them or to answer questions that they might have. Um, they seek community, not in terms of physical interaction, but through virtual interaction through whatever, for whatever reasons. And it's easy to say things. Mm -hmm. It's easy to, it's easy to say things that, you know, people want to hear. And there's an, it's a kind of a slippery slope to try to understand and meet the needs and desires of your audience or your customers or the people that you want to be part of your group. And if there's no authenticity behind it, if there's no validation through actions, then words are empty. If words are simply said without actions backing them up. Right. So if somebody says, I'm going to do X, and they persistently do Y, 
and never do X. Mm-hmm. What does that say about A, their character, and B, what they think about you? Or are well, they it's like if we, if we were to be constantly saying, oh, we just want to build community, we want to build community, and then we were constantly tearing other people down who mm-hmm. didn't toe the party line or whatever, like that's, that's yeah. not, you know. Our, our customers, our students, our friends are not afraid to ask hard questions and to call us out mm-hmm. because they know they're not going to get torn down. They know they're not going to have rabid fanboys attacking them right? because, you know, it's all about maintaining the party, party line and status quo. Um, I, I was browsing through this one of the Facebook feeds that popped up was, uh, and I, I didn't pay that much attention to it, but there was, there was a study in the fifties and sixties of where these volunteers were put into basically like jail. Mm. And so the volunteer would be. Oh, is this the warden, the warden jail or the the jailer jailee people were brought in who didn't know they were a volunteer and the authorities said, hey, we want you to shock them, to punish them. And the, the, the result was that people will ignore their own values to conform to a group behavior. So if they see that five people out of a group of, say, six or seven, shock that person because they were told to, even though they didn't want to, they would to conform. Mm-hmm. So group herd mentality, you know, if you, that, that's kind of, I don't you want to see say this the a danger, lot, of, a lot of totalitarian regimes. You do, you do see that. And, uh, you know, that's how cults form and things like that. Everybody, you know, they, they suspend their own disbeliefs. And if you belong to a group because they're your buddies online, you're going to start following what they do and say despite the fact that maybe you're having problems with a tool or a prod product or whatever, or a technique or a method or, or, a, a, a um, an, a, a, a line of guidance that's not working for you. But instead of saying, Hey, um, it's like when you're in, in school, like when you're a little kid in school, um, and the teacher's saying something and you're like, well, I don't understand, or I don't think that's right you're very hesitant or a lot of folks are very hesitant to raise their, raise their hand because they don't want to be called out. They don't want to be seen as different. Right. Right. And I think that's, you know, when we get to that's a, that's human nature for one, but I think we need to resist that. Mm-hmm. And when we start getting into the nuts and bolts, let's forget the whole so, so, social aspect of all this. When we start making stuff with concrete, Right. And I've said this in class for many, many years. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter what your friends on YouTube or Facebook or whatever say you should be doing. It's what, it's what the, the concrete's concrete doing. needs to be done, right? Uh-huh. That's why I keep going back to this. And that's what is so cool about this, because it goes back almost 100 years, is the concrete is your boss. Uh-huh. You need to do what the concrete needs and if what you've been told or if what you are choosing to do or not to do is contrary to what the concrete needs, then what you're doing is not right. And that's objective, right? That's not like, objective. oh, well, I don't like, I don't like the way this feels when it's, when it's being cast. And yeah. that's why I don't use it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of an irrelevant line of logic, because if the concrete needs it, then it doesn't matter how you feel. Facts don't care about your feelings. And so, you know, it's one of those things where we have to kind of distill down a way through that information to make sure that we're on top of it and have, you know, because occasionally there is new information, right? And so we want to make sure that we're aware of that. But it seems to me in my limited experience that nine times out of 10, the new information comes out and it's either wrong or it conforms to the old information. Um, you know, and, and a, like I said, nine times out of 10. So there's that, there's that one that, um, you know, Ooh, this is a great new method. Um, you know, innovation one, comes from, but a lot of times it's an iteration of something. And, yeah. and I said this one time to somebody and the, the, the little light bulb, 
you know the the old saying we we think outside the box right sure it's 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 fantastic to think outside the box but you always need to know where that box is and what's inside it so that you know where you are relative to it cuz you could be light years away and be so far off in the weeds that you're you think you're being innovative but you're just wasting time mm-hmm. on the other hand you do need to step outside the box sometimes and go hey we need to try something new. We need to stretch ourselves. And maybe that's really radical, but let's do it, but validate it to make sure that what we're doing is actually good and beneficial and positive for uh, our material, our business, our students, our community. Um, it's not yeah, just, yeah. It, it's, you don't do things different just to be different or to be right. contrary. Well, it, uh, you do things to be, to grow. And yeah. like I started using my, my original mix that I started out from and I, I'm not going to go get the book, but it, it's over in the shelf there. Um, it was, you know, two parts sand, one part cement. That was it. That was my first mix. It was super primitive, super basic. Yet over time it evolved and it grew and incorporated new things. And the the materials that I choose to work with, the materials I now am making, and the, the the materials that I choose to teach are evolving. But they're done for a reason, and that reason is based on sound Facts. fundamental scientific principles, mm-hmm. not, oh, well, I don't like the way this smells, so I'm not going to use it, or I'm right. going to do this because I want to be different. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to make up new reasons for it that really have no basis in reality. Well, and when you start, you know, kind of continually experimenting without the fundamental knowledge behind it, it's like, this is a, forgive me for the political analogy here, but I remember years and years ago, um, there was some bill that was being passed and it was like 4,000 pages. And I want to say it was Nancy Pelosi, but I can't remember, uh, said, well, you know, you've got, we've got to pass it so that we can find out what's in it. It's like, we got to use this bag of, bag of something in a client project to know what's to know whether or not it works. It's like, well, maybe not. Maybe, you know, maybe dig into it, maybe get the information, maybe figure it out so that we can know if this is best for our business or in that case, best for the American people. people. But and I'm not going to get into my opinions on these things. That's irrelevant. But my point is, if you're if you're using something because somebody says you got to use it to figure out whether or not it's good or, you know, like in production, like my, my bent and our bent at CCI is like, look, you know, I can't give you the proprietary recipe of alpha polymer or whatever, you know, I, I can't cause I don't have it, but, um, but Jeff can't because, but by I the can, same token, <laughs> well, you can, but, uh, but we can say there is nothing that is irrelevant in there. There is nothing that's not necessary in there. You know, you can go look at a number of other um, types of, of things and it's like, well, why is that there? Well, why is that there? What a long that time ago, I, I, was, I was accused of being old fashioned because I keep my concrete mixes to be as simple as necessary. Um, I use I use as few ingredients as necessary because there's there's a lot of crap that goes into concrete mixes or ingredients for that matter. I mean, look at the box of like a cake mix nowadays versus a recipe from 1950, and you look you know, at like, it. And go, I can't, I can't pronounce half the ingredients. Three quarters of those, like I don't know like, what that is. You what, know? what are they there for? Are they there to make the cake taste better, or they are they there to as fillers and inferior substitutes that save a penny a pound kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So you got to like. Or were they thrown together by somebody who isn't right? My ingredients are expensive because they are what they need to be. Mm -hmm. They're not what my checkbook says I want. Well, and if you're just throwing something together because you feel like, I mean, all of this is 27 ingredients in it. Right. It's all all test-based, too. It's like, we need this, so let's add it and test it individually, you know, Mm -hmm. and yeah, like, I look at 
the types of things that are in some other some other you know products. I'm like, why is that there? That doesn't make sense. When I when I was developing Omega, however many years ago it was, um, six seven years ago when I first started thinking about it and, mm-hmm. and testing formulations, my original idea, my original concept, because at the time, you know, there were there were two, maybe three, very similar kinds of of um, products, you know. XS327 was like the de facto standard. Um, and it's a good sealer. It just has horrible application process. It's very lengthy. It's very, I mean, you used it for years, oh, right? Gosh. I remember one time, and I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's funny. I had a friend who was in film school, and he wanted to do like a little five-minute video. And uh-huh. the because of where I was in the pro, I was sealing some pieces. And yeah. literally all of the B-roll because that's what I was doing when they walked in and I had to finish it. And so all of the B roll is just me rolling. Yeah. And then and, we're just talking over that, Caleb rolling. Although that process is, is simple. It's, you know, it takes like six, I mean, it takes forever. It, it takes you gotta a wait several time. hours between cuts. And, and if your environment isn't perfect, then, you know, you got a warm air blowing across your piece and now you got roller texture in it. And, it didn't quite come out right, so now I got to do it again, and uh, and all that. So I knew that was very, very, very aware of a lot of the challenges people people were facing because this is a potentially a great fit, great product, but there were some limitations, and you couldn't get around it. So and again, my, the performance of it, it's fine. Oh yeah, no, no question. It just you can you can have a product that is incredibly good performance, but if it doesn't look good, and if it's hard to get it to look good consistently then you know is it something that you really well, want to be yeah, fighting and, with and i got i did get good i've gotten good at all the sealers i've used but it's like is it worth it you know when i'm right. spending five six hours sealing something or i have to like wait and then what if i use the chops on dust gets in the air and then that gets in there and messes up the finish like i, I remember there was a, a a particular finish that if you accidentally touch the wet surface it would leave a really dark mark in this in the concrete so if there was any a fleck of you know a brush or a bug or whatever you couldn't like get it out because you would leave it would it's almost like you would be burnishing mm-hmm. the concrete like you have this dark permanent mark so even if you press the roller too hard you could leave roller marks in it and it was like Wow. So what I was trying to do initially is to develop a process that you didn't need a primer and you only had to do a simple one-to-one dilution, which Omega is. The finish coats are simple one-to-one dilution. Um, And it turned out I couldn't quite get rid of the priming stage. But now, and and I'm going to circle back to this with it. What, what episode was it? Sixteen or seventeen that we did showing the the new primer process. I think it was sixteen. Yeah, we're, we're cutting we're cutting the whole sealing process down a lot. And what also because you're using a lot less material, the coverage for each kit has gone up dramatically, quite substantially, like a lot, almost twenty five percent more mm-hmm. per kit because you're not wasting it. You're not dumping material and flooding it and dumping it on the floor and squeezing it out in your roller and all that, you're not wasting product. So the whole process, I don't, I don't want to like go on a. Well, but I've had like, I've had people, you know, call me and they're like, I am in love with the sealer again because we've, you know, yeah, it's, it's great. So like I'll have a concept and I'll flesh it out and there's good reasons for doing something. And I start, as simple as possible and i only add complexity if it's absolutely necessary mm-hmm. and um like for instance to to keep on to finish out this the the whole purpose of a primer is not and there there's a lot of mythology that that keeps getting circulated around when you are dealing with there's there's two things that that totally burst this mythology one we are dealing with very dense concrete that we make. We make very dense concrete. And second, we're dealing with relatively high 
molecular weight solids. So urethanes are relatively high molecular weight. Um, they're big things, right? The polymers are big things. Right. Coatings, no matter how much you dilute them, repeat after me slowly, do not penetrate into the concrete. That is a myth. And that is a myth that can be easily validate, uh, uh, dispelled mm-hmm. by yourself with very simple tests. And that is to dilute your sealer, put it on your concrete, pretend, you know, assume it soaks in, but what you're seeing is all that diluting solvent, whether it's water or some other solvent evaporating off. And because you've left with almost no solids, it's just that little, little wisp of a crust of, of sealer, which is microns thick is on the surface, but because you can't see it, you think it's in the concrete. It's, it's on the surface. Just take a piece of sandpaper, a diamond hand pad and scrub through it. If it was penetrating, it would still be there, but it's not. And that's how you can test any so-called penetrating sealer is get some sandpaper. All right, let's do your finish, put some water on it and take some sandpaper and scrub the surface. If that surface darkens, that's a coating. That's a surface coating. It's not penetrating because penetrating means it's in the concrete so deep that surface scrubbing doesn't get rid of it. And if it's only a few microns into the surface, does it make a difference whether it's penetrated or not? Anyway, uh, so primers, they don't penetrate. All it is there for, it's just like a sanding sealer on wood. It makes the surface more evenly impermeable so that when you put your finish coat on it, flows out beautifully. You don't get roller marks. You don't have to do this endless back rolling, but that's also a function of the, the type of urethane, the formulation of it. But in other words, when you prime your concrete, especially if you prime with, with uh, either omega or, or, or ovation, um, the primer is there to make your finish coats lay out beautifully with very little effort at all. So that was, I had to add the priming step because I couldn't get it to lay out on top of bare concrete, but I could with a primer. Um, so I didn't want to have a priming stage, but it was necessary to add. So I added complexity. All my mixes like alpha polymer, it is a, it, it's the right kind of polymer. It's a, it's a hundred percent pure acrylic polymer, the way it should be. Uh, it's not an SBR. It's not an EVA. It's a, it's a pure acrylic, um, which has been proven over the last now pushing 70 years to work. That's why GFRC polymers are acrylic polymers, not any other kind of uh, polymer, um, because they are curing polymers. They hold the moisture in. And, a, and a, an extremely powerful defoamer. That's it. Doesn't need anything else. Um, Alpha Pro Admix is a has very few ingredients in it has just enough ingredients to do its job and do its job extremely well i might add yeah and and this class to kind of circle back to what we were talking about at the beginning was when we stood these end panels up right they were three four hours old so that you could still put dent them with your finger right they stuck when we were doing hand packing up a meter long meter tall wall and we were packing that out. Stuck. We didn't have any oh. running at all. There was zero. It was the best. It was the best hand best like vertical I've ever used. It was the and best I'm, vertical. I'm, Absolutely. I mean, yeah. and that that has been across the board for me since I started using it. Because as as you know, listeners will will know if they've listened for a while. Like, you know, you've been testing it for what a couple of years. I started using it. Uh, gosh, eight months ago. Yeah. Uh, and I started using the Admix, which you, you gave me a bucket, uh, a hand blended bucket. Yeah. And then, you know, I got the Admix, of course, immediately when it came out. But um, it is by a no small stretch, the best concrete I've ever used. And that includes, you know, I, I had switched to uh, Rapid Set, gosh, years ago because it was just easy. You know, it was, it was I trusted it to be strong. Um, you know, and, and I would use Buddy Rose Blended Mix when I needed white, or I would use a From Scratch when I needed white. But, you know, it was one of those things where I just felt 
anecdotally better about flipping pieces the next day with rapid set. Now I I know, and I have flipped pieces in four hours. That's not something you're going to do with Portland unless you have an accelerator. And even then, ugh, I don't know. That's a good Accelerators idea. don't work that fast. You know, I, I think the, I think the, the the ability to demold things in four hours is a little bit of a like if you're in a pinch, yeah, okay, I get it. But should you be in that pinch? I don't know. And that's one of the things that I you know, we like to talk about with, you know, project management. But that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, but my point is I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that some of the crazy pieces I make we're totally fine the next day with Cementol because of its early strength gain. And I did not have that confidence with some of the blended mixes I've used. And certainly, you know, same with the, the Forton based mixes that I used um, that were from scratch. But I do have that confidence with Alpha um, because the numbers show that I can have the same confidence with Alpha that I can have with um with rapid set and in fact anecdotally it feels stronger you know when i cast a half inch panel in rapid set and i cast a half inch panel in you know alpha craft concrete admix um like the alpha is actually stiffer the next day um so yeah. and it, that i mean that's from the formulation of it mm -hmm. and there's no you know Hocus pocus! I'm going to invent some new uh, snake oil technology that doesn't really exist in the real world. This is this is true concrete chemistry of using um, the right kind of pozzolans, which are essential. Like any like I, I was I was browsing the inter internet on um, a couple of days ago, looking at like what other people are selling because it's good to know like what other manufacturers are, are producing, what they're claiming. And there's this one um, admixture that has no pozzolans in it. It's just like polymer and super plasticizer and some defoamer and shrinkage reducer. And it proudly says it has no pozzolans, and yet it claims to make UHPC, ultra-high performance concrete. Now, ultra-high performance concrete is just a description of a very special form of concrete, but its main definition is that it has a very high compressive strength, which is, depends on where you are. It's either above 17,000 or it's above 21,000 PSI. Mm. And I think the, the general aspect is that it's around uh, 22,000 PSI. I think that's 150 MPA, you know, so roundabout there. And it's typically characterizes you know, it's a fine sand, and we've talked about this, um, steel steel fiber reinforced concrete that has very high pozzolan loads in it, high silica fume loads. And there's lots of research papers that deal with, you know, recycled glass or crushed mar uh, granite dust or other ingredients to substitute or adjunct other things. But by and large, it's defined as, you know, 20 to 25% silica fume with very low water cement ratio. And so to have an admixture that has no pozzolans in it and then claims to make UHPC is, is a bit disingenuous because, mm. you know, years and years of research in UHPC always, always, always globally has pozzolans in it. So you can't make UHPC if you don't have pozzolans in it. And, um, you know, so one of the prime characteristics that I wanted to have with my admixture and will be in the blended bag mix as soon as I finish formulating it, which is almost done, um, is very high early strength. And you've heard me talk about this, you know, one day strength. These, these panels, I'm going to, I don't have any photos of Yes, do I? Yes, I do. All right. I'm going to share my screen. Go for it. Um, window, this one. Okay. So you should be able to see this pretty soon. Yep, there it is. All right. So 
this, can you see my mouse? Yeah. Okay, cool. So this panel here and this panel here, um, that is less than 20 hours old. And that was cast separate. That was a separate piece wet cast as you have already seen those photos. Um, and that here, they were flipped with all these people. These are heavy pieces. Um, there's there's that front piece that was put on. Mm -hmm. These are less than 20 hours old. So, and look how straight that is. Crisp, look at that corner. Mm -hmm. That's the miter. That's the miter, right That's out of the mold. I did it. Right out of the mold. Okay. Little bit, but that's easy to grout, right? Yeah. No big deal. But tight, tight and straight. You put a, you'd put a, a straight. We put a, an eight foot straight edge on that, and there was no gap at all. That that whole thing, no warping, no sagging. Nice and straight, nice and tight. You know, you'll come in and fill that in. Mm -hmm. and we, you know, this again. This is the next day, right? But I was so happy to see how well everything performed under, you know, your shop was pretty cool. You had your heaters on, but some of those well, one pieces. Of them, not, one of them stopped working that uh, yeah, Thursday. And one of them wasn't really under the heater. So your shop was kind of around 70-ish. Uh, well, I, I did fix that heater, by the way. It's working Yeah, out. yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but. You'll, uh, you'll need it. Yeah. <laughs> December. Uh, I already need it. It. Uh, I don't know what temperature it was last night, but it's 45 right now. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it probably got close to freezing last night. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are, we are well on our way to winter, uh, yeah. in the mountains. Um, I don't know when the first day of winter is it's sometime in December. So we're technically still in fall, but it does not feel that way. Um, but yeah, no. So I need the heaters. Um, well, and, and the lounge chair, which, uh, I've got pictures of right here. Yeah. Um, now, we cast the lounge chair on the second day. Yeah. And, and this is at 4.22 p.m. Okay. We didn't start casting until 10.30, 11. Yeah, that's that's at 4.22 p.m. We started weighing at 11. Yeah, yeah. That's why we use Rapid Set. Is just, I mean, I've done it when, when I, before I retired from presenting at World of Concrete after 15 years. Um, I was doing four hour live demos for them. And in that four hour window, I would take an empty mold, um, cast a GFRC integral sink vanity with, you know, dropped edges and everything like that. Yeah. We were spraying, we were spraying mist coat at 1141. Yeah. Yeah. And at 422, we, we were sitting in it. Yeah. And we had more problems with cementol than we oh my did. Gosh, it was just—I mean, I can see why some people are like, "Oh man, I don't like using cementol." And I, I've always so loved it, but it is very variable as far as—and I mean, those of you who buy it know this. If you get it from your home center, it has a lot more super plasticizer in it. And the the what was it, uh, Dave? Uh, I think it was Dave that told us this, yeah. right, gentleman in 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 the workshop. Yeah. Uh, he said that. It's like a 24-hour run, and whatever comes off the line comes off yeah, the line. Yeah, because Home Depot has a – Cementol is sold by Whitecap and Home Depot mm -hmm. primarily. And Home Depot must have – they they have a, a an agreement to have like a, a – because their turnaround, at least the turnaround my Home Depot here in Raleigh, um, they're going through like pallets of Cementol a week, like mm -hmm. super Mine high. Mine not. Yeah, sometimes yeah. they don't even have it, which is an or they'll have like three bags. I'm like, guys, this um, is not functional. <laughs> but Home Depot wants a very quick turnaround. So when they place an order, they want they want product within 24 hours, and that means that the quality control is necessarily as high. Um, I've used Cementol for a long, long time, a long time since like 2008, 2009, and. <clears throat> Only recently, in the last couple of years, have I noticed uh, a high degree of variability. Yeah. And, and one time I had to go get like four or five bags. And of course, they're all from the same batch. And every single one of those bags had no sand in it. Which it is was, super valuable. If that's awesome. What I still have some. I 
put it in a sealed plastic trash can, trash bag and, and tied it up. But it's like, you know, if you're going, because they felt light, right? They're supposed to be 55 pounds and they were 40 something pounds, but they were full and it was nothing but cement. I, I, I put it, ran them through a 140, number 140 sieve um, and there was no sand in it. It was like all cement. So yeah, some quality control there. So I, I feel for you and we kind of experienced that. The, yeah, because it was like, we didn't add really any runny. super plasticizer and it was so runny and yeah, we couldn't we get it to hang. I even, I even held back water. Yeah, we even, was, at one point we added baking soda. Yeah. We were like, yeah, we, we just need this to. to go, you know. So like we, we did the first two layers, got the scrim in the first layer or whatever. And then it was like, uh, this is taking forever. Lunch. Yeah. With rapid set. Right. I mean, it's crazy. So we get it. Um, But again, that's where the experience of, of using a, I mean, it's just, it's magical. It's y'all need to get your hands on some, uh, and it's going, it's going really quick. You know, we were, we were kind of testing the waters and did not, you know, uh, and now we're like, oh, the, the demand is there. So, you know, get your hands on some. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. It is. Um, I think that's probably a good spot. Don't you think, Jeff? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, again, December, ultimate December. class. Um, if, if you're even remotely thinking about this, you probably have only a few hours, if not a couple days, to get your spot. Yeah, Otherwise, you're going to have to wait till February. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we will be announcing a February course. I don't know exactly the dates yet, but it will be in February. Um, that's largely up to you for your schedule. Yeah. You know, my ridiculous amount of projects, but that's okay. Um, it's part of what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, yeah, we'll discuss that and get it out to you, but December 4th through 8th, Canton, North Carolina, uh, we're doing a couple really cool projects. One of which is, a you know, a client project again. Um, and this one's, I'm the client, uh, well, my, really my wife's the client, uh, and that's more important than me. Um, but you know, good real world experience, uh, pleasing an actual client who has actual desires around what something will look like in her house. Um, and so, you know, we're going to be doing template fabrication and install, uh, of this, this thing. Quite so large, quite large. And so if you want to do that, yeah, join us, uh, some mm-hmm. cool casting techniques. It's going to be beautiful. We're very excited. Um, and, uh, it's going in, in my house and there's a, you know, not to like, ply you with fun things too you know but class is fun of course uh the, the workshops are very fun um i've got uh you know pool table downstairs we got slot cars and we got whiskey <laughs> so after we install it could be it could be a little party yeah. um but yeah so uh join us uh it's gonna be a great time and you know like like jeff said we've got just a couple spots left it's going to be full and we're uh we're stoked so um we'll hopefully we'll see you in december but if not we'll see you in february um but right. uh, and then uh, we'll see you on the podcast uh next week but yes, um, indeed yeah everybody have a great day and uh super excited to be back in the rhythm thanks for joining us all right see ya Thanks for listening to the Maker in the Mix podcast. If you liked the content and want to hear more, please like and subscribe. Uh, Feel free to follow us on YouTube as well as Instagram, Facebook, and check out the website, www.concretecountertopinstitute.com. And of course, we'd love to see you at one of our upcoming classes. Tune in next week for more informative content. Thanks.